This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello and welcome to our Radio Church today. My name is David Poultney. I'm presbyter for the Dunedin Methodist Parish, which meets at Mornington, Glenavon in the Northeast Valley, and in Mosgiel. We're also connected to the Tongan Methodist St. St. Tilda. You can find our, our website by Doodling Does, and you can see services at Mornington if you go to YouTube and check out Mornington Methodist. On this Sunday in January, we always remember the baptism of Jesus. It's one of those stories we hear after Christmas, which give us some light and insight into who Jesus is and what that means for us. I'd like to start with a poem called The Small Boat by the New Zealand poet Anne Powell. There is a small boat out on the sea that separates and unites us. The sea has its own song, called by rhythm of moon above our earth. There is a small boat far from land. It sails open to the unseen winds of the spirit. We surrender to the wind. There is a small boat out on the sea, beyond maps, and there is bravery. Visit us in breath of wind, in the endurance of cliffs, the glow of Kofi, the silence of stars. In the solitude of moon, in the eyes of the poor, in the embrace of a mother, the pleasure of friends, in faith that does justice. Our first hymn today is by the Salvation Army Bands and Songsters, All People That on Earth Do Dwell. A reading for today from one of the early church theologians, Gregory of Nazianzus. The holy day of lights to which we have come and which we are celebrating today has for its origin the baptism of my Christ, the true light that lightens everyone coming into the world and affects my purification. 
It is a season of new birth. Let us be born again. We duly celebrated at his birth. I, the one who presided at the feast, and you, and all that is in the world, and about the world. With the star we ran, with the magi we worshipped, with the shepherds we were enlightened, with the angels we glorified him, with Simeon we took him up in his arms, and with the chaste and aged Anna we made our responsive confession. Now we come to another of Christ's acts and another mystery. The Spirit bears witness to his Godhead, for he descends upon one that is like him, as does the voice from heaven. Let us venerate today the baptism of Christ. And so let's pray. We rejoice in the one who is the source of hope, the hope and meaning that made life worthwhile, peace and fullness, newness even as the world seems old. We rejoice that all this was present to us in the life of one man, Jesus, human like us, yet in his living and dying, we have seen God's likeness and intention. We remember that Jesus, seeking meaning, newness, and dedication, came to the Jordan and, in the tradition of his people, was immersed in water symbolizing life and death, washing away, birthing the new. We celebrate that he found purpose there in the affirmation and call of God, and that he set out there to honour this truth in words of hope and liberation, in actions which included and challenged, in breathing newness into faith and covenant. We recall that day as a new beginning. We acknowledge our need of newness and the affirmation of the Spirit. Amen. I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer, and I invite you to say it along with me, um, in whatever language or form you choose. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Turn us around, God. Around to your way of thinking around into your way of loving. Turn us around, God, and confront us with Jesus. Baptize our fears with your joy. Amen. Our second hymn is Seek Ye First.
Today's Gospel is from Luke chapter 3. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Though Christmas and New Year are now firmly behind us, the normal working world hasn't quite reasserted itself. We are still in the season when many people would ordinarily take holidays. While the border is still closed and we're adjusting to life under the traffic light system, it's a bit more challenging right now. But when we get away, be it to the other side of the planet, or for a day or two closer to home, we take pictures and often share these on social media. For those who travelled before the camera was invented, and back then that would have been a privileged few, capturing and sharing the moment wasn't a photo on Facebook or Instagram. It was painting a watercolour. Likewise, you couldn't text or blog or tweet about your travels, but you might keep a diary. One such diary was written by the son of a family of 18th century Quaker industrialists who travelled what would have been then well off the beaten track to St. Petersburg, the newly built capital of Russia. He describes attending an Orthodox baptismal service. It is Orthodox practice that a person being baptised, including an infant, is immersed three times in the font. Well, this baptism wasn't in a church. It was out on the frozen waters of the River Neva, where a hole had been dug in the ice. Imagine, if you will, a priest taking a child and dunking her or him three times into the icy water. Yet the risk of the cold were not enough. The Neva is a powerful tidal river, and some infants were literally torn by the current and carried away to a cold and hopefully quick death. The priest said, of course, this was a sign of divine favour, and the Lord has summoned these holy infants to his presence. Clearly, health and safety legislation was not a big thing in Russia back then. The drama out on the ice in St. Petersburg that day, appalling as it was, catches some of the drama 
the shock to the senses that must have been present that day, Jesus presented himself for baptism. Jesus was one of many people who responded to the message of the man we've come to know as John the Baptist. A preacher calling upon the Jewish people to live more faithfully and to change the direction of their lives to be the covenant people beloved of God. To symbolize this choice to be faithful, this repentance, this changing of direction, he performed a ritual for cleansing, a mikvah, in running water deep enough to be completely immersed. It is the root of our practice of baptism. John knew how to pull a crowd. He was charismatic enough to draw people out of the towns to the edge of the wilderness. A long, hot journey. Imagine yourself among them, hot, dusty. Imagine responding to John's message and coming forward for immersion. Stepping into the delicious coolness of the river and then suddenly being immersed. Don't. Imagine the rush of coldness, the water in your eyes, ears, nose, the shock of it all. Then you're pulled out, drenched, squinting into the light. We can feel the pull of this ritual. We all experience the longing for newness, a restlessness of soul that tells us there is something more, something better. Jesus felt it too, and like many others, was immersed in the waters of the Jordan. Looking back to that day, the Gospel writers used language and imagery which reflected their understanding of the universe, with heaven up there, torn open for the Spirit to descend, while exploring a growing understanding of Jesus as sharing something in the being and life of God. All of this helps us to understand the text more, which is not a bad thing. But as I often say, what of us? What can this old and familiar story say to us that is new or powerful? As I mentioned earlier on, Jesus, like all those who responded to John, was moved by a common human longing, the longing for newness in a very traditional language, for rest for the soul, for a sense of peace and integrity. These can be personal aspirations, a search for my own private bliss. Well, maybe, but at our best they speak not simply of a discontent and restlessness about ourselves, but about the wider world. I believe this is true of the experience of Jesus. His search and awakening could have led him to withdrawal, to an ascetic life, to a fervent and private piety. But they led him instead into a ministry, into making a vision of the world present in words and actions, a vision so unsettling and threatening to those in power it ultimately led to his death which I think 
is why the story of Jesus' baptism is followed by the story we hear at the beginning of Lent, of his temptation. It's as if, entering the waters of baptism, Jesus enters into the vulnerability, the pain, and the hope of being human. Do we truly enter into that need? Do we feel, not just for our own need of renewal, but that of the whole world, and allow ourselves to be immersed by it? Do we then come out into the light as daughters and sons of God, who would rejoice in us? In the season of Epiphany, the season of glimpses of light, this is the light we are called to today. May it lead us to encounter, to embrace the way of Jesus, whose spiritual path was trod at the edge of a world of need. In treading this path, may we each glimpse from time to time the beating wings of the Spirit. Amen. Our next hymn is God of the Bible.
Let's pray. And we offer our thanks for this familiar story and for its ability to speak to us still fresh, waking us like cold water. We pray for those seeking for spiritual renewal, refreshment, enlightenment. May their encounter with the holy lead them to be more compassionate and more just. May our faith inform how we live. We pray for a world of many needs. We ask what we can do. We remember the continuing challenge of climate change. May we be informed citizens who make good choices about our impact on the earth. We remember the ongoing unfolding of the pandemic. We pray for those near and far struggling with the illness, for those facing uncertainty, for the grieving, to those who toil for the sick, for all who are just tired and longing for this to be over. We pray for those we love and share our lives with, the people around us, neighbours and friends, family, colleagues. In a moment of silence, I invite you to hold people in your heart and maybe say a name out loud if you want to. We make these and all our prayers in the name of Jesus, Son of God, in whom God rejoices. Amen. Our final hymn today is Now Thank We All Our God.
These blessing words are from a sermon by Gregory of Antioch. May he who is saviour of the world and the author of peace grant to us tranquility. May he watch over and protect us and gather humanity into his fold. To him be glory for ever. Amen. Don't invite to say with me the words of the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.